In the northern latitudes the dawn comes early. Even as the bombers were turning away from the city, the first rays of light were coming up in the east. In the stillness of the morning, great pillars of black smoke towered over the districts of Pankow, Weisensee, and Lichtenberg. On the low clouds it was difficult to separate the soft glow of daylight from the reflections of the fires that blazed in bomb-battered Berlin. As the smoke drifted slowly across the ruins, Germany's most bombed city stood out in stark, macabre splendour. It was blackened by soot, pockmarked by thousands of craters and laced by the twisted girders of ruined buildings. Whole blocks of apartment houses were gone, and in the very heart of the capital entire neighbourhoods had vanished. In these wastelands, what had once been broad roads and streets were now pitted trails that snaked through mountains of rubble. Everywhere, covering acre after acre, gutted, windowless, roofless buildings gaped up at the sky. In the aftermath of the raid, a fine residue of soot and ash rained down, powdering the wreckage, and in the great canyons of smashed brick and tortured steel, nothing moved but the eddying dust. It swirled along the broad expanse of the Unter den Linden, the famous trees bare now, the leaf buds seared on the branches. Few of the banks, libraries, and elegant shops lining the renowned boulevard were undamaged. But at the western end of the avenue, Berlin's most famous landmark, the eight-story-high Brandenburg Gate, though gashed and chipped, still straddled the Via Triumphalis on its twelve massive Doric columns. On the nearby Wilhelmstrasse, lined by government buildings and former palaces, shards of glass from thousands of windows glittered in the debris. At number 73, the beautiful little palace that had been the official residence of German presidents in the days before the Third Reich had been gutted by raging fire. Once it had been described as a miniature Versailles. Now sea nymphs from the ornate fountain in the forecourt lay shattered against the colonnaded front entrance, and along the roofline chipped and gouged by flying fragments, the twin statues of Rhine maidens leaned headless over the littered courtyard. A block away, number 77 was scarred but intact. Piles of rubble lay all around the three-story L-shaped building. Its yellowish-brown exterior was scabrous, and the garish golden eagles above each entrance, garlanded swastikas in their claws, were pitted and deeply scored. Jutting out above was the imposing balcony from which the world had been harangued with many a frenzied speech. The Reichskanzlei, Chancellery of Adolf Hitler, still remained. At the top of the battered Kafurstendam, Berlin's Fifth Avenue, bulked the deformed skeleton of the once fashionable Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church. The hands on the charred clock face were stopped at exactly 7.30. They had been that way since 1943, when bombs wiped out 1,000 acres of the city on a single November evening. One hundred yards away was the jungle of wreckage that had been the internationally famed Berlin Zoo. The aquarium was completely destroyed. The reptile, hippopotamus, kangaroo, tiger, and elephant houses, along with scores of other buildings, were severely damaged. The surrounding Tiergarten, the renowned 630-acre park, was a no-man's land of room-sized craters, rubble-filled lakes, and partly demolished embassy buildings. Once the park had been a natural forest of luxuriant trees. Now most of them were burned and ugly stumps. In the northeast corner of the Tiergarten, stood Berlin's most spectacular ruin, destroyed not by Allied bombs but by German politics.
The huge Reichstag, seat of Parliament, had been deliberately set ablaze by the Nazis in 1933, and the fire had been blamed on the Communists, thus providing Hitler with an excuse to seize full dictatorial power. On the crumbling portico above its six-columned entrance, overlooking the sea of wreckage that almost engulfed the building, were the chiselled, blackened words, Dem Deutschen Volke, to the German people. A complex of statuary had once stood before the Reichstag. All had been destroyed except one piece, a two-hundred-foot-high, dark red granite and bronze column on a massive colonnaded base. After the 1933 burning, Hitler had ordered it moved. Now it stood a mile away, on the Charlottenburger Chaussee, close to the centre of the east-west axis. The series of linked highways running across the city roughly from the River Havel on the west to the end of the Unter den Linden on the east.